we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Revelations 3 and 14 starts out. And unto the angel of the church, or the pastor of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. I would that thou wert hot or cold. Amen. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will what? Spew thee out of thy mouth. This is probably one of the most misinterpreted passages in the whole Bible. Man, church folk have butchered this up so bad to think that lukewarm is a church where folks ain't bucking. Let me tell you this. Okay, here are the the different interpretations. The first one is they they believe that being hot is when you're bucking. And you're just lukewarm, so you're just sitting there not getting with the preacher and the music. How many of you was taught that? Yeah, amen. You know you was. That's it. We're going to be hot. This church going to be hot. Okay, so Jesus said he'd rather you be cold. So then they started saying that hot was, you know, bucking and shouting church. Cold was folks in sin. So if you're not, if you're hot, you're on fire for the Lord. Jeremiah said it's like fire. Shut up in your bones, bones, bones. Fire, fire, fire. Bones, bones, bones. Fire bones, fire bones, fire, fire bones, bones. Y'all remember them songs? That old gay director boy, he just sweat throwing it everywhere. Fire, fire bones, 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 bones. Then when he get tired, he try to act like he, 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 the Lord is on it. Fire, the Lord. Oh, oh. <laughs> mm, I can't do it no more. Boy, you tired. Get your gay self somewhere and sit down. Fire, fire. <laughs> I mean, so if, if, if hot is God and cold is not God, why would Jesus want you in sin? <laughs> I'd rather you be in sin than be in the middle. What? <laughs> I'd rather be in the middle. Lisa has hope I can lead on over in there. That don't make any sense. Yeah. Jesus would rather have you in sin or saved. Because in the middle, that's worse. What? <laughs> that makes, man, that is not the proper exegesis. Because you in the middle, I'm just going to spew you out. You're not going to spew out the one that's not at all? They get to stay? <laughs> Amen. This stuff didn't make no sense. Amen. This is the ruins of Laodicea. As you can see, it was the largest church. Out of all the other churches, this church took up actual several blocks of the city. So, you know, they because they had money, so they could just keep on building. They, they paid their parking lot. <laughs> all the horses had a spot. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> Somebody parked in the, in the pastor's spot. You got to get out of it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was happening way back then. Move this carriage out of his spot. Oh, my bad. 
Christ calls himself the amen of God, meaning that he is the, it is so, of God. Y'all know how powerful that is? He is, he's saying he's the manifestation of God in the flesh, that it is so. It was foretold and now it's come to pass. That's his name. It's beyond our comprehension. We can't understand it. Especially back then, you had to realize that here in Laodicea, they were uh, the, uh, I forgot his name, the emperor at that time commanded that all Christians worshipped him as a god. Okay, so when the, the church was primarily Jewish, this wasn't, you know, something that the emperors did, but as uh, Gentiles began to get converted, it began to take away from the population, and so the Caesars or whatever the emperors, they actually began to require that Christians recognize them as gods. So Christ has to separate himself here and let you know, I am the a man of God or I am the it is so of God. So all these other gods are just regular people claiming to be God. I'm the one that God claims to be God. Does that make sense? Just like Moses, Moses, when he was you know, confronted by a guy with a burning bush. And he was like, who are you? Who do I tell them that you are? In other words, which God are you? Because in Egypt, there's a lot of gods. There's a God for everything. There's a God of the sun, the moon. There's a God of stars. There's a God of death. There's, you know, they, they had all these great statues and different things in, in Egypt. So just to put it in proper perspective, so you understand where I'm coming from. I mean, where God was coming from, he was speaking to a man that was used to seeing all kinds of gods. Some of them even walked around. Okay, so even Pharaoh said that he was God. He was the morning star. That, that was Ramsey's name, the morning star. That's what he believed he was. So he's like, okay, so you're the God of the Hebrews. He said, but who do I tell him? Like, what's your name? He said, you tell him I am. And he's like, wait, wait. I mean, which one are you? He said, no, you don't understand. I'm not one of them. I am. That puts me... All of them are here. I'm here. I am. But what do I call you? Just call me that. Because that puts me above everything. And that's what Christ is saying now. Because I am the manifestation of who I am was, I, it is so that I am because I am says that I am so. So he just elevated himself above all the false gods. And this is what makes folks mad at Christ, because Christ is very confident in who he is. I mean, like, there's no doubt. Like, ask him. I mean, what you see me doing, God is doing. Oh, you mean what you're doing? God is working through you? No, you don't understand. What you see me doing, God is doing. God in the flesh is doing. When my arm moves, his arm moves. And this lifts, this lifts him up to a place where, you know, we can't even fathom it. We won't know until we get there. But when the I am comes and as Christ with the flame and fire eyes, remember that? That's going to kick the mountain out the way. When that happens, everyone will have the proper perspective. Oh.
that's what he meant. So this title gives him supreme authority over the church and the right to correct and rebuke the Laodiceans. He, as a part of the triune Godheads, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the council, the, the, the Godhead, the three that represent one, but they are three. Amen. They are three. If you're part of ABC, then you believe that it's three. We believe that the word Trinity means three. So when you say Trinity, we're referring to it being three. So as a part of the Godhead, he was present at the creation of all things. His presence makes him ruler over all things. Amen. Second Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God are that are in him are yea, and in him it is so unto the glory of God by us. So whatever he said will be so. And he spoke that Christ would be to redeem us, and Christ became so. Amen? He states that the condition of this church is what? Useless. Not being hot, which can represent purification and cleansing, or cold, which could represent refreshing and satisfying when thirsty. This church was in an utterly useless state. Amen? So what happened? The aqueducts that came from the city of Colossus piped in cool spring water into the city because that city enjoyed some of the best refreshing, clean, cool water. It was was a cold spring. So the water was just cold on its own. Any of y'all ever been to a cold spring? Water's cold. It's hot outside. Water's still cold. Okay. It had that temperature in Colossus and it was pumped, piped in with these pipes or aqueducts that they had running into Laodicea. Laodicea had the money to put the pipes there. Then in another city, Heropolis, there was hot springs. So there was hot water that was being pumped in. They enjoyed hot water. You use hot water to purify things, cleanse things, or whatever. So you had the cold water for refreshing you, you had the hot water. Well, by the time they were piped through the pipes into Laodicea, the water became lukewarm. Because when water travels in a pipe, it's going to lose whatever temperature that it had and become pipe temperature by the time it reaches you. They didn't have refrigerants. They didn't have Freon back then. Christ was using the analogy of the water that came into the city to get his point across. Cold water is good for refreshing. Hot water is good for purification. But y'all are neither one. Y'all are lukewarm. So by the time the water came down the pipes and landed in Laodicea, it would sit. When it sat, it became stagnant. It wasn't the proper temperature to kill anything, so things grew in it. It got infested and began to contaminate things. Okay? So this is Christ looking at the condition of the city and using this analogy to describe the condition of their hearts. So you're not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. You drink that lukewarm water, you spit it out because it's full of pollutants. Things have grown in it, so you can't drink it. All right? Ain't got nothing to do with it. Your, your church hot or cold? They hot. Well, but that Methodist church over there, they just cold. Amen. James 4 and 8, draw nine to God, and he will draw nine to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and do what? Purify your heart. So Christ is saying, basically, these folks' hands were dirty, and their hearts needed to be purified. 
But because they were in a stagnant state, they were stuck in double mindedness. God hates double mindedness. Amen. You need to be delivered from being double minded. God hates that. Some of you are double minded. Come to church on Sunday and in the club Sunday night. Uh oh. Amen. With your wife on Friday and with a prostitute Saturday. That's double. Double minded. Amen. You don't even have to be that serious. You could just be lusting after somebody else. Amen. You can't watch Ildrich Elba movies. You can't go to his movie. Amen. Your husband ain't been built like that in years. Why are you going looking at his chest? Your husband's chest look like yours. Why are you in there looking at Elvis, Elgis, Elba? I don't understand that. Oh, he look good. He look good. Your husband's sitting there like, bo, 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 bo. I mean, could, can you just use one good? You said look good like four times. Just, just said once. I know. I, 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 yes. Amen. I will preach this. I don't care. You got all the jet beauties in your office hanging up. Don't none of them resemble your wife. I'd feel some kind of way if I was her. Tie these pictures down. Where's my picture? <laughs> Amen. You know, as far as Christ is concerned, that's cheating. You cheating in your mind, you cheating in your heart, you gonna cheat. Ooh, I'm preaching in here. Folk ain't ready for this, but the Laodicea is going to go hard. Y'all should have known. Hey, man, watch that stuff, man. Quit commenting on every girl you see. My wife don't mind. She told me that if girls look good, I can say something. That's some foolishness. You shouldn't want to say nothing. Man, will you calm down? Man, head turn every time somebody walk by. Hey, man, you know, we don't do that in here because I'll say something to you. I've said something to some of you. I was like, bro, you better keep your head straight when these women walk by. Amen. This ain't the club. This church. That's all right, y'all. I'm going to preach. I don't care because it's the truth anyhow. Stop me when I lie. That's, that's when you have a problem. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Amen. You got to preach a hood message to hood folks. There's some folk in here didn't grow up like the rest of us. Amen. Amen. We love each other unconditionally. Amen. Man, we love our husband and wives no matter what. It don't matter. Not being hot, which can represent purification. Oh, I already read that. Let's go. Jesus says that he has no use for them if they are what? Lukewarm. Lukewarm represents what? Stagnant water that sits idle and grows parasites and bacteria that are more harmful than helpful. So what you was going to use the water for, turns out that the water's going to harm you more than it's going to help you. That's what the church is turning into. The church is going to harm you more than it will help you. Yeah. Instead of coming and getting your life changed and doing better and living better, you go to a church and get corrupted, the wrong words spoken, lies, deceit, all of this stuff. Church is hurting you. Full of bacteria. Instead of purifying or quenching thirst, lukewarm water contaminates. 
Matthew 23 and 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto white sculptures, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly. Man, y'all look like y'all got it all together, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all what? You looked apart, but you're unclean. Revelation 3 and 17, because thou sayest I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Boy, that sounds like our church now. I mean, everyone in here, probably 99% of y'all, according to the standard of the entire earth, are rich. Yeah, you think you broke, but you're rich. If you were to graph the entire earth and put your salary that you make each year according to the statistics of everyone, like all over the globe, you're rich. You have things that they don't have. Most people don't have what you have. But then why am I so broke? <laughs> That's because of the things you want you may can't get. But the things you need, you have. Yeah. Amen. But well, you know, but then we start thinking that we got more than what we have and start wanting more than what we have and we get all of these feelings and then we just want stuff and then we start feeling ourselves, thinking that God has done this because he loves me and he wants me to have this plus this is just the tip of the iceberg he's gonna do much more oh you see this now just wait till I get the fullness of him what are you, are you we talking about possessions or are we talking about the spiritual? Because I know folks that are broke that'll lay hands on you and every demon will come out. So what are we talking about here? I know homeless people that, that can operate in the spirit realm. We were walking the street of New York just last year, I think it was, with my family and everything. And, and we were in Times Square. And there's a homeless man sitting there passing out flyers for the mission. Like, you know, that's his job, I guess, to earn him some food or whatever. And he just passes out. How you doing, lovely lady? How you doing? How you doing, lovely lady? And he looked at me. He said, I see you, G. Craig Lewis. How you doing, man? <laughs> they can do that. I don't have to have no money to have that ability. Brother knew exactly who I was. So I'm telling you, this, this, you know, don't, don't get caught up in that stuff, man. Don't let money be your motivator. Oh, I'm coming to ABC because the pastor's car. Have you seen it? <laughs> and if he got one, guess what that means? It means he has one. That's what I, I mean, that's what I, that's what I took from it. I mean, before he started the church, he had a, he had a nice car. I really don't think it has anything to do with the church. When you start filling yourself and getting money and all this stuff, the church starts getting prosperous. They started equating prosperity with godliness. That's why these prophets and this, this, this foolishness that these prophets are doing, it makes me sick. Because they're always calling out a millionaire. 
You don't ever tell nobody they're going to be rich, man. You just put discontentment in them. What are you talking about? God said, you're going to be a millionaire, brother. What? First of all, how does that help him? It hurts him. And brother, if you ain't going to give me the million, shut up. Brother, you're going to be a millionaire. Give it to her. No, you got it because you say this every weekend. Are you prophesying about money in the church? Find me scripture for that. When did that happen? Did somebody come in church and do that in the Bible days? Well, that's the Elijah blessing. See, Elijah just took, he just took a little bit, just made it. Man, that wasn't no money. That's a flower and all. How you changing flour and all in the money? Flour and all is food. He blessed the woman to be with an abundance to eat that she would never run out. He didn't give up everlasting dollars. He didn't make it rain in the house. Because <laughs> she, she, she was poor. When you're poor, you don't need money. You don't know how to use money. That's why you're poor. <laughs> and she needed food. When I see a homeless lady, man, can I go get you something to eat? I really don't want to give you this money. Oh, but if you give it to me, yeah, but I just really don't. I don't trust the way you handle money. Yeah, I don't trust your ability to manage this that I'm going to give you. Case in point, side of the freeway. I mean, that tells me a lot. So I would rather go get you something to eat. Y'all praying for money, man. You better pray for some knowledge on how to use money. No, you just, all you going to do is go to H&M. <laughs> man, God is not doing that, y'all. That's why we don't talk like that in here. We got bigger fish to fry than be worrying about money up in here. I'm worried about your soul. He said, I want you to prosper, but as your soul prosper, your soul needs some, look at somebody say, your soul needs some sense first. Before you get the money sense, the C-E-N-T, you need the S-E-N-S-E. Well, I just made up a cliche, but ain't no preacher going to repeat it. But because thou said you are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, you don't even know how messed up you are. You think that money is covering it up. You think because your church has beautiful stained glass windows and echoes when you say something and you got 50 armor bearers and folk running after you and washing your car during service and all in your house and some foolishness. Laodicea believed that the prosperity signified that God, had, God was pleased with them. They equated finances and goods with having the favor of God. Boy, don't that sound like TBN? The favor of God because you have stuff. First Timothy 6 and 5. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth. This is how he describes men that equate gain with godliness. He says that they are corrupt. They're perverse and they have corrupt minds and there is no truth in them. That's destitute of truth. No truth in them, supposing that gain is godliness. From such people do what? Withdraw. Christ comes in and immediately states that though you have things, you do not have me. 
He says that you cannot even see how poor, rich, miserable, and blind you really are. He says you are naked, which means even though you are wearing nice things, he can see right through them. Luke 16 and 15, and he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God does what? He knoweth your hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. All that money and fame and everything you got, God can't stand it. If you're not loving him, listen, when prosperity preacher takes center stage, people will begin to expect finances for choosing God, for choosing Christ. That means I chose Christ. God, you're supposed, you supposed to bless me. I gave up my career of being a gangster rapper for you, Lord. Now I'm a rapper for you. Where's my record deal? You're supposed to bless me. I turned down millions. So where's the millions you going to give me? Lord, I've been living right for weeks. Where is my blessing? They will expect goods in return for choosing Christ over the world. You're expecting God to bless you financially because you living right? I know sinners that pay their bills. Atheist and Satanist. Why are you trying to put that on God, man? There's poor people that's going to go to heaven. Oh, people don't like this kind of message. I tell you, folks want to go. You're, you're so indoctrinated. You just believe that you're supposed to have something because you chose Christ. Yep, you're supposed to have Christ. And if you want more than what you're making, you're supposed to go read a book. This brother's got to this church and they had to work like regular jobs. They were struggling or whatever. Man, they went and read some books and took some courses took some classes they're doing better now we are in the world man but they expect goods in return this teaching is offensive to god because all of our lives are based on the decisions that we make concerning how we treat the things of god and the conditions of our heart you are living based on the decision you made you chose to live like you are living god look ooh. You, you, you did it. The decision. Look at somebody say you. You married him. You married her. You had them kids. You got that job. You, you, you. Ooh, you. So you can't look to God and be like, where's my Oh, Lord, I'm sacrificing the world. I could just go out into the world and do better. Then go. Not entitled to anything. Living right is. Let me read the scripture. Got to read the scripture. Romans 12 and 11. Oh, 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye do what? present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is what? which is what? what you're supposed to do you don't get extra credit you're not getting extra money because you are living right and here's what I learned people with that entitlement and expecting God to do it they ain't never living right 
So I'm trying to figure out, okay, you won't got to bless you because you're doing things this way, but then you, I got all these secret sins. You crazy. I'm preaching in this house today. God don't owe you anything but the breath going through your lungs. Ooh, listen to them thin hand claps, boy. It, it just sounded like a little bitty church. Why do we think that life ain't going to be hard sometimes? Especially if you're young. Man, folk that's been married under 10 years, hush. Get somewhere and sit down. Matter of fact, let me raise that. 15, under 15, get somewhere and hush. You was supposed to struggle all them years. Come out on the other side, you'll really like each other then. Oh, come cry. Oh, man, it's so hard, man. Just talk about, can you come back up? But that's that TV and that TBN and all that junk got you, just got you confused. Revelations 3 and 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear and anoint thy eyes with eye salves that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I come after like this. This is the way I handle you if I love you. I'm not going to let you keep doing the fool. I'm coming after you. Him I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and do what? Repent. Christ counsels the church to get his gold and raiment. Following his way will stop you from viewing gain with godliness, and instead you will equate his righteousness as gain. His right alignment is what is gain. First Timothy 6 and 6 says, but godliness with what? Being saved and wanting for nothing, that's gain. He also tells them that if he clothes them, their shame will not appear. This is a reference to the secret sins and the need for deliverance. Being blind to the fact that you are a hot mess comes from searching for ways to cover up our issues. When you are blind to the fact that you you a mess, that's that comes from you searching for ways to cover up your issues. This church started addressing my issues. I got to go get another church. This pastor starts hitting on stuff. I got to listen to somebody else. You're covering up those issues. But God is still chastening you because he wants you to change. That's how much he loves you. He's going to keep coming after you. Christ says, I see you. So get some eye medicine so you can see yourself. First Peter 3 and 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that what? Do evil. In addition, Christ tells the church that his rebuke and chastening is an expression of love. True love does what? Corrects. Churches must allow God's correction to change them. And lead them to repentance. When correction is not present, then leadership only loves themselves and are selfishly concerned with how people view them and not what Christ sees. First Corinthians 11 and 32. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be what? Condemned. Y'all listen to that scripture. When you get rebuked from God, he's trying to save you from being judged with the world. He don't want you condemned with the sinners because he sees good in you, enough good to chasten you. 
Summary. The condition of the Laodicean church suggests that their teachings were flawed and God's word was not being uh, exemplified in the leadership. The people had gone after their own way, sought after goods and possessions above seeking Christ. The worldliness of this church made them useless to him. When a church seeks prosperity, it's from the posture of entitlement. The beha- this behavior creates a culture of wayward church leaders that believe they have the authority to do unbiblical things. In other words, they abandon the commands of the Bible in order to enhance their resolve. But this compromise leads to a prosperous church with no substance. When you abandon the word, you have lost the purpose of a church. The church is supposed to be spiritually beneficial to believers. The church should be hot so it can purify the hearts of men and bring them to righteous living. This type of church setting gets the world out of our hearts and renews our minds with the washing and purification of God's word. The church should be cold in reference to refreshing so it can quench the thirst of those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. When the church is lukewarm, it is full of compromise and good for nothing. A lukewarm church amplifies problems because without potency and usefulness, it is no different than a gathering of unsaved people. Church is supposed to be a fellowship of believers that display God's light in the midst of a darkened world. When this light is gone out, then there is no real purpose for that church. Revelations 3 and 20, behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. Man, if anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and he will and will sup with him and he with me. To him that makes it through, I will grant to sit with me where? Not just my table. You get to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.